guys, welcome back to the Chiona Podcast. It's me, your host, Sarah Sodizi, and I think I should address that if you're new here, what the heck are you doing on season two? You gotta get on season one before you understand what season two is all about. Go ahead and do that. But if you're new here, hi, <laughs> my name is Sarah Sodizi, and this is a podcast that is dedicated to bits and pieces in my life where I have learned life lessons and very and have dealt with some very hard things. But I've come out so much stronger as a result. And um, consider this as your one little one-stop shop for talking to a complete stranger, but who also just wants to be your friend and talk to you like they are your best friend. (laughs) But if you are not new here, if you've been supporting me since day one, whether you've been supporting me from day one or day 10 or what episode, what, what are we on? We're on like episode 12 now, 13. I don't even freaking know at this point. (laughs) But uh, if you've been supporting me since then, well, hello. As always, I have so much love for you. And honestly and truly, it it, it warms my heart very much to know that people are still interested in what I have to say and very much are enjoying the show. So, yeah. So if you've listened to past seasons before, then you'll know that I lived in Kenya for a short period of time, but nonetheless, it was still pretty significant, a significant uh, time frame and I recently just reconnected with one of the project coordinators over there and life just I just I, I came to this realization when I was talking to her I was like yo I was literally like starting out my early 20s and now I'm in my late 20s like I'm getting closer to 30 as the days go on and it's so ugly but anyways let's disregard but I was starting out like my early 20s when I was there and like I just came to the realization that like life is so different than what I imagined it would be because first of all this was at a time when I was working in retail um I (laughs) I was working in retail and it was like a struggle and a half for me to pay my bills and not to mention the fact that like for in order for me to go out there and do the work that I was doing out there, I had to work my butt off and fundraise, 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 fundraise just so that I can make ends meet when it came to buying the plane ticket and the program supplies and all of the extra stuff that was going to go along with it, like meals and like the place that I was going to stay at, which was with my homestay family who are just some of the most kind individuals. My father, I, I, I call him my dad. My father was one of the most kind, sweet, funny, and smartest individuals. I'm sorry, I get a little emotional about this because unfortunately he's no longer with us anymore. He did start to show signs of his sickness when I was with him, but I was so glad to have met such a wonderful human being who opened his home to me and accepted me as his daughter. And that's what we were called when we were living with him and my mom over there. And, uh, and yeah, like I, I started reconnecting all of these, all of these memories and I started reminiscing about what my life was like over there and how different things are and and everything like that. And now I'm like a fully somewhat grown adult and working like a full-time job and no longer struggling to make ends meet when, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just insane how you look back on your life and you think like, I'm so glad that I'm not in that spot anymore, but it taught me so much. But anyways, this this episode is going to be dedicated to more stories because you can't get enough of my stories from Kenya when I was living out there. So I'm going to go over a couple more stories. And the first one was not the smartest decision that I've made in my life because if you've ever traveled to a foreign country, the whole point is for you to kind of just tread, tread 
So what is the word? Tread lightly? Tread lightly? Tread slightly? Why am I confusing this? Anyways, when you're in a foreign country, you don't want to make stupid decisions that could jeopardize your health or like your well-being. And because I was young and foolish and I'm 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 still I still kind of have these tendencies where if somebody is like threatening me in any sort of way I'm not going to be afraid to defend myself even though most people would argue Sarah that's not really a good that's not really a good thing to do considering you never know who you might run into or what kind of things can can transpire from an individual that's not necessarily very stable and you don't even know that sometimes you don't even know whether or not a person that you're coming in contact with is completely stable you know and I've thought about that side note I've thought about that if I've ever gone on a date I've thought like like I've, I'm thinking about this in the past now like every date that I've ever been on they really could have gone and killed me like and there would have been no way for me to know that they were going to kill me maybe I'm just watching too much criminal minds but anyways so this story was about when we would have to travel my my roommate and I we would have to travel from one location within the community to another and typically it would either be from the uh, youth center that we worked at to our house or it would be from the youth center to another um, program coordinator's house which is like in the downtown district of Mombasa Um, but nonetheless, we did have to frequently take public transportation and public transportation over there is completely different. Like that was one big culture shock for me. I don't know if I mentioned that in my last couple episodes, but it was a big culture shock for me because it's definitely not how it is over here. Um, a lot of their, uh, public transportation is either via Matatu or Tuk Tuk and Tuk Tuk's are predominantly pretty popular or pretty common in Eastern Uh, in the eastern part of the world and even in Africa as well there's a lot of people that use tuk-tuks for transportation but it's like this tiny like I can't even like it's smaller than a golf cart you can literally fit like I don't know comfortably you can fit like two people on there but even still it feels a little congested but I've seen tuk-tuks filled with as many as like seven people on there somehow it's it's crazy but you'll have you'll have something like a tuk-tuk or you'll have something that's called a matatu which is basically like a van that's shoved full of people and it was very reminiscent of my time in Mexico when I went with my family and we had to like shove like a bunch of us in there just to get like just to get from place to place because my family's so huge anyway so we took either one of those two um two forms of transportation while we were there and when it just so happened that we were coming back from like an extremely long day at the youth center my roommate and I were waiting and the other two girls that we volunteered with that were also from Canada they were going in the opposite direction so on on the on the road that we were on the 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 other girls were on one side of the road and then we were on the opposite side so my roommate and I are just chilling there and we're just waiting, whatever. And uh, there were matatus that were passing by, but they weren't going to the specific location that we were trying to go to, which was our parents' house. And it's it's nothing like how it is over here. Again, you can see on like the actual like the 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 screen of the bus or whatever on like the little pantalla. Why am I mixing my words in Spanish? Um, I guess it's like a screen. Um, it'll it'll a banner will show like oh like this stop is going to this place or this stop is going to this place no 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 no. over there you really have to be like super vigilant and have to be listening because you'll have the driver and then the conductor or like the 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 guy who collects all the tickets or collects all the money he'll be like yelling at the top of his lungs and be like i'm going here i'm going here and he'll like full-on get up in your face and be like i'm going here if you're not gonna get on my bus like you're gonna miss it and you won't be able to get home blah 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 like they hustle hard over there i'm telling you so anyways, we were waiting and as more tattoos were passing by, I was trying to be vigilant of like which one we were supposed to 
take when we were getting home because our project coordinator or one of our leaders she told us this is the one that you have to take so make sure you listen to what the guy says make sure he doesn't take you to somewhere random and he doesn't overcharge you and she gave me the rate at how much you know we should be charged for it blah 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 and everything like that I was like okay sick like I'm gonna be able to like bargain with everybody because obviously me being like a foreigner like I definitely didn't look like I was from there and even less my roommate who was like Asian so we were standing there waiting for the Matatu and people were like yelling at us and like telling us to get on their on their on their in their van and everything that that was a little sketch but nonetheless we held we held it down pretty well but anyways so as the as time went on my the other girls from the other house uh, were still also waiting for their ride to come so it felt like pretty safe because one of the one of the girls that was waiting with them was a local and so she was also kind of trying to help us out even though she was across the street from us and there were like cars passing by and so as we were waiting there my roommate and I and she's like this tiny she's like sweet girl this like small Asian girl and she's telling me she's like oh like like I wonder if it's coming soon and the sun was starting to set because it was like mid-afternoon and so like we're waiting we're waiting and then right behind us as we were waiting there was like a little I guess like a restaurant not really a restaurant but kind of just like a place where people were chilling and like playing chess like there were old guys playing chess and like I don't know like just a couple people drinking or whatever like just chilling out outside whatever they weren't bothering us at first they were staring at us that's for sure they were staring at us but nobody was bothering us up until like I don't know what came over this guy but he decided to get up from his seat and started inching closer to us and a normal rational human being would have thought hey maybe I should get out of this spot uh, before he does something crazy or maybe you know this isn't the safest spot to be in so maybe we should move from here and that's exactly what my roommate has suggested she's like Sarah I don't think I don't think we should stand here anymore and I was like why like I'm pretty sure the matatu is gonna come any second now like we shouldn't move like it's fine and she was like no because that guy's kind of looking a little sus and I turn over and I see this guy he's inching closer to us like a he's like a young guy like in his 20s like around our age actually and then two more guys start coming also from behind and start speaking in Swahili. They start saying something. And obviously, I don't speak Swahili. My friend doesn't speak. My roommate doesn't speak Swahili. So we're just standing there like, mm, okay, like this is a little sus, but whatever. And I stood my ground. I was like, I am moving from here. We've been waiting for bare time. Like, I'm not about to move from here just so that way I can we can miss the matatu that might be coming because to be honest with you there was no schedule there's no real way for me to know when it was coming so I really wanted to this is my stubborn nature coming out where I was like I'm going to wait here until my last dying breath okay so we stood there and the guys started getting closer and they started saying something to me in Swahili and I started yelling I don't know what came over me really because like honestly if you're gonna if you're gonna be that hostile towards somebody like right from the get-go of course you're just kind of you're girl you're asking for a bad time like what is wrong with you but anyways I got really upset because they were getting way too close like I asked in English I was like is there a problem is there a problem and they started yelling in Swahili and then the girl that was on the other side of the street <laughs> that that worked on the project with us who's a local she started yelling from across the street and was like hey leave them alone leave them alone leave them alone and they still kept trying to like they were they're still like harassing us and saying all kinds of things it was, it was pretty I don't know I, I didn't understand because again it was in Swahili but they also kept switching between Swahili and English and saying hello how are you hello how are you because it's a very common thing for them to say to foreigners because that's the only thing they know how to say a lot of the time and I'm not saying this in a way that's very ignorant I'm saying this in a way that this is what I experienced and majority of the time that's all they knew how to say so 
anyways I'm, I'm telling the guy I'm like you need to back up you need to back away from me like stay away from us and I kept I kept pulling my roommate back because she was really sh- like she was really shaken up I told you she's like this small little Asian girl like so so kind very sweet like just doesn't want to bother anybody meanwhile you have me this five foot seven latina who has like the attitude of a damn bronco is like going at this dude and saying like yo get away from us get out of my face toronto has really prepared me for this but (laughs) I, i i was going at it and thank the lord jesus christ himself the matatu finally comes i hear the stop that we're supposed to be catching or like we're supposed to be catching the matatu i was like i was like oh there's our ride so then my roommate pulls me back she like taps on the she taps on the glass of the window from the van the guy opens the van he's like are you trying to go here and then she's like i don't care i don't care and i had to verify once we got in the van not even necessarily as we were getting into the van once we got inside because she was so scared once we got inside the van i asked the gentleman i was like are you stopping here uh it was imposta that's like um, a place, like the, the area that my parents lived in, it was close to a post office. So we had to just say posta. And uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're stopping there. So I was like, all right, sick. I'm gonna give you the money. I'm not gonna give you any more because this is how much it is. And the guy was just like so shaken up because he could tell that I was like pissed off or he could tell that I was like really upset. So he didn't even bother. He didn't even bother asking me for more money. Cause usually when my roommate and I would come from my parents' house to the youth center, oh, are you kidding me? They would try and scam us like crazy. But maybe it was just like the look on my face or just the fact that I had something going on. Like there was some type of energy, some type of vibe that was just like, do not mess with me. Don't. Because I've had a day. Let me tell you. Like it was just, it was just insane. And my roommate was like, was telling me afterwards and she told our parents afterwards and they scolded me about this. But she was telling me, she's like, Sarah, you can't be doing things like that. And I was like, why not? Yo, he was getting in our space. Like, it was just, it was too much, man. Like, if I hadn't said anything, then they wouldn't have left us alone. And my parents, oh, bless their hearts. My dad especially was just like, oh my goodness, Sarah, I would never want to get on your bad side because it seems like, it seems like people would be really scared of you. And it's funny because people have said this to me before, where like, before they even meet me, before they even like know any sort of information about me, Like, I have the angriest looking face. So people don't even want to approach me in the first place. I have the angriest looking face. And then when they start to talk to me, they realize that I'm actually a marshmallow and I can't do anything. But on the flip side, there's there's levels to this. Like, I will be nice to you. I will be nice to you when I need to be nice to you. But the moment that you switch up on me or the moment that you start disrespecting me or somebody that I care about, that's when the marshmallow, like, melts and turns into a bronco. Like I said, it turns into a freaking bronco and will be like, no, like, what's up? Like, do you want to talk about this or do you want to talk about this? Are you stupid or are you dumb? <laughs> See, that's the Toronto coming out. That's, that, that's the Toronto coming out. <laughs> Another thing that I learned while I was in Kenya was that African cuisine, like I've been to, I've been to South Africa and I've been to Kenya, just African cuisine and, and even just like the restaurants here in, in the GTA, African cuisine is amazing. And if you've never tried it before, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do because you're seriously missing out on like an abundance of flavors that you can't get anywhere else. Like I'm telling you, like Kenyan food, Ethiopian food, Ghanaian food, unbe- like unbelievable. I've, I've tried it, I've tried it, and I just, I there's nothing like it obviously when you go out there, but at the same time, there's some wonderful, wonderful places in the GTA where you can get some of that stuff and it's just amazing. But 
on to my point is I tried some amazing food while I was living in Kenya and obviously it became it became something that I was like completely used to at that point because obviously being sheltered over here in Canada you can pretty much get whatever you want you know what I mean and it's like super accessible easy and quick and and all that stuff right especially me living in like a suburban neighborhood it's super easy for me to just walk outside of my house go to the grocery store and get what I want and granted it is very similar over there in where my parents were living and, and whatnot and where the other girl uh where the other volunteers where they were living in downtown Mombasa we could easily go to a grocery store and grab the stuff that we wanted but at the same time my parents they usually wouldn't they usually wouldn't cook any you know any dishes that we necessarily grew up with because they wanted us to experience the real thing they wanted us to experience the real deal and really understand you know this is what Kenyan food is like and oh I could not be more appreciative of my mom's food because god bless this woman so amazing but anyways to my point every every lunch hour when we were working at the youth center we would usually go to two different places to to go and grab food unless food was already provided for us from like the community partners or from um, one of the project managers they would go out and go and grab some stuff for us and bring it for us and we would all eat at the youth center together or if we were doing an, an event and we needed food in advance then they would they would organize that type of thing and everybody would have their own plate assigned to them type of thing but there was this one place and the woman there was so sweet oh my god that's the other thing about african people yeah you'll have some sus people but that's like gen that's that's a general thing anywhere like regardless of where you are you'll have some sus people but then on the flip side you'll have some of the most wonderful and kind human beings and i'm telling you this woman was like an angel sent from above to protect me and my stomach because when I would go in there it's like I don't know like it just from from face value obviously as a foreigner you're looking at it and you're like mm, okay like this doesn't look like the nicest place to eat but I argue I argue and my grandfather taught me this um Asians a lot of a lot of Asian cultures or a lot of Asian people y'all y'all already know what I'm about to say okay you know that a restaurant is good if it looks ugly on the outside if it looks real ugly on the outside and even bonus if it's ugly on the inside but sometimes the food is just better than anything you can get from a gourmet restaurant okay my grandfather taught me that from when i was like a teenager from when i was like a young little teenager and i've kept that i've kept that word ever since and it has never failed me so monka that's that's the name of the lady her restaurant was was not like the most nicest and like bougiest type of place I mean it had places to sit and her kitchen was there and she had her sisters and her daughter helping her um, make all the food and, and prepare all the orders and everything like that right so every once in a while we would go there for lunch break I'd say we frequented we frequented there more than anywhere else while we were there so I mean I got pretty used to seeing her uh, almost every day I want to say like during the week on weekends we wouldn't because we wouldn't be working at the youth center but um, during the week, I used to see her quite often and she always used to say hi. And I remember she always used to give me such beautiful hugs. I'm a hugger, okay? Listen, y'all, COVID has done me in because I can't hug nobody, all right? But like this woman's hugs, oh, it just reminded me of my mom's hugs, my grandma's hugs. Like it was just like so warm and so inviting. And she always used to say, and like and granted like I didn't I never used to do my makeup not that I needed or anything for that for like 
purposes of like looking somewhat decent but I would be tired a lot of the time or I would look tired I'd look pretty rough but she always used to tell me she's like oh my girl my girl she used to say this my girl my girl you look so beautiful today you look so so beautiful so beautiful you look just and she used to actually she gave me a nickname she used to call me an angel too which is funny because that's what I considered her to be considering she was like an amazing cook and she was just a kind person but I remember we um we one day one day we we went there for lunch and I usually would order the chicken pilau, which was like just like a crap ton of rice with like a side of beans and some vegetables and like, um, what do you call it? And roasted chicken, I think it was. And so um, that's usually what I would eat. But I asked one of the girls that worked at the youth center, I was like, okay, I want to try something a little bit different today and see if like there's something else that I liked. And let me search it up real quick. Hold up, hold up. Let me search it up real quick. What's in this dish? Because I feel like that's really important to this story. Okay, okay, okay. So I figured it out. It's called giteri. I remember that it's called giteri. And it's basically a dish that has boiled beans and maize. Like all like kind of combined together. And it has like things like corn. It has um, peas, vegetables, like all kinds of vegetables mixed into it. So it's very much like a stew kind of texture thing I'm really trying to describe this as best as I can but obviously I'm not doing a very good job so just google it it's it, it tastes amazing it's it's fantastic however however I will I will say this is my stomach is very sensitive and regardless of where I am whether it's in Africa South America Canada even certain dishes my stomach doesn't take very well to them and I think this is the one time that I discovered that really honestly and truly Something can taste absolutely amazing, but my stomach will just completely disagree and protest and find itself a lawyer so that they can sue me and destroy my life. Because after I had that meal, it tasted fantastic. And I told her that I was like, Mwanka, you've really outdone yourself because this is amazing. I love it. It was so, so good. I'm going to come back tomorrow. I remember saying this to her too. I was like, I'm going to come back tomorrow and order the exact same thing. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. She's like, okay, honey, I'll see you. I'll see you soon, Angel. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. So we leave the we leave the restaurant. We go back to the youth center. Everything's going great. I'm like on cloud nine. I just had a great meal. I just bought a water bottle from the convenience store that was nearby, like a giant one because I couldn't drink from the tap, right? So I bought like a giant one to last me the rest of the day. And I was just feeling really good. I was feeling really great. And then I swear to you, it's like, I walked in, it's like I walked into the courtroom and immediately like the lawyer was just like, here is your, here's the subpoena. You're about to get owned, my guy. Because as soon as I got back to my parents' house, I was not feeling good at all. Like I felt like the world had stopped. I was just feeling so sick. My stomach, it wasn't even that I felt nauseous. It's just that my stomach was just like in knots and shambles. Like I couldn't. I couldn't even, here's what it was, I couldn't even eat dinner that same day because like my stomach was just not agreeing with what I was eating and I ain't going to get into the specifics but I'm pretty sure y'all can guess what was going on with my stomach and what transpired and whatnot but like dude I really wish that my stomach was a lot stronger because that food was just so amazing 
But I was embarrassed because I was like, I told Mwanka I'm going to come back to her restaurant tomorrow and I'm going to eat the exact same thing. What do I do? And so one of the girls that I worked with uh, at the youth center, I, I came to her the next day or I came and I saw her the next day and I was just like, listen, like my stomach did not agree with the Gitani last night. Like it was not good. And she was like, what, you didn't like it? And I was like, no, 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 are you kidding me? Of course I liked it. And I love Wonka's cooking. She's an amazing chef. Like, I would never disrespect her like that. But how do I tell her that I'm not going to eat the same thing? And she starts, and this girl starts laughing. And it's just like, why are you so concerned about this? And I was like, because I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to be rude and tell her, like, no, I don't want to eat that if she offers it to me. And so then the girl says, okay, how about this? How about we do this? So she, she suggests to me that she would order for me as we go for lunch together. And I was like, okay, that could work. That could work. But what if she asks me, oh, like, Sarah, like, are you going to have Giteri? Like, what, like, what if she asked me that? She's like, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll handle it. So we continue doing, like, the project, uh, project implementation. And then finally we, we take a break for lunch. And so it was myself and my roommate and then a couple other girls from the youth center we were walking to the restaurant and I was telling the girl, I was like, listen, like, I really don't want to disrespect her. Like, I absolutely love coming here and her food is so great. Like, I need to, I need to just let you know that. And the girl was just like, yeah, 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 don't worry, don't worry. So we go and we sit in the restaurant and Wonka welcomes us in with open arms and, and it's pretty busy. It's pretty popping in there because she's like her restaurant or like her little, um, her little shack was located in like a, a pretty busy intersection where a lot of like matatus would pass by and there was a convenience store that a lot of people would go to and all together there were a lot of little shops there so people would go there during their lunch break or even after school or like during school and they would go there to go and eat so it was pretty popping at the time that we went and so we sat down we found some places to sit and um <laughs> so she comes over to us and says oh it's so lovely to see you guys blah 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 and so she asked me, she's like, uh, she's like, what, what do you, what do you feel like eating today? And then before I could even say anything, the girl from the youth center, bless her heart, says to, says to Wonka, she's just like, oh, you know, like, we'll just have the usual. She just says the usual. And Wonka turns to me and says, oh, Sarah, so, you know, I, I remember you said that you were going to order the Giteri again, blah, blah, blah. And again, before I could even say anything, this is why it's so funny to, like, recalling this is so funny to me because I... I didn't think that she would take it literally when I said like, oh, you can order for me because the girl from the youth center that I worked with, she like cut me off and was just like, no, 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 no Giteri today, no Giteri today. We're going to have just the usual, we're going to have chicken pilau, blah, 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 um, maybe some biryani and chapati, blah, blah, blah. And so Monka just like stops and it's just like, oh, okay. And just like casually continues on. And then the girl that I worked with, she turns to me and says, see, 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 I, I, I saved you. I saved you from another attack. I saved you from, I saved your stomach. I saved your stomach. And it was so funny. Everybody at the table was laughing because they all knew. This is the thing. You can't keep no secrets from nobody over there because everybody will tell each other's business. So they all knew what was going on with me or what had gone on the night before, what had transpired. So they all just laughed and were just like, no, 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 no more get daddy for Sarah. No more get daddy for Sarah. And that right there, my friends, is why I can never have get daddy, even though I really wish that I could because it tastes so good. All right. One last, one last, uh, one last little short little story, even though I do have bigger stories that are affiliated with this, but I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it short and if you guys want to know more about it then just let me know and I'll talk about it in another episode but 
I remember when I went to Kenya, I, I was wondering, you know, what sorts of things other than other than the things that I knew I was going to accomplish over there. I, I wondered if there were other things that we could kind of explore or other things that we could kind of do while we were out there. And this was like the first time that I had ever really traveled without my parents or my siblings or anything like that. So this was kind of a, br- a pretty huge step for me in terms of my finding my independence and being able to do things on my own. And I remember my parents used to call me all the time um, from the prepaid phone that I had. They used to call me all the time and try and make sure that I was doing all right and everything like that, as most parents would. You know, their, their little, their youngest one is all the way out in a foreign country for two months and you know, they just want to make sure that everything's good. And so I would tell them all the things that we would do for that day. And um, I would let them know if there was anything that was going on that was wrong and whatnot. And I remember specifically on this day, I knew that we were going to an orphanage, but I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea how how deeply this would affect me even to this day and how much it has humbled me as a person and why I still continue to contribute to communities in need, whether it's here in Canada or all the way over there in Kenya. So that day we had scheduled to do a couple of activities within the youth center, but one of those activities was to head over to the nearby orphanage. They've since moved uh, locations And I keep tabs on them because I follow their Facebook page. This is where they're most active. And so I, yeah, so we had planned to go. It was a short walk from the youth center we worked at because one of the girls that worked there with us, she said, hey, like, if you want to visit the orphanage and we can go and say hi to the, to to the, to the moms, because they call them the moms, the the ladies that take care of the kids. We can say hi to the moms. We can play with the kids for a bit. And uh, we can also give away some stuff that you guys brought, which was partially funded by the by the the funds that I had raised for my trip before I went there and uh and so I was like okay yeah yeah yeah, that's perfect like let's go so we walked over there and uh we came inside there and the kids were just so great like they were so excited to see us and even though we didn't speak the same language we were still able to connect with each other like these kids like the, the the stories that I had heard about how these kids had got there was just so heartbreaking to me and that's pretty much where I realized that this is what I wanted to do for a career I, I I wanted to take care of kids just because I have the hugest soft spot for them and not even necessarily like the little 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 ones because everyone always usually does those, those are the ones that like everyone will always flock to and be like oh my gosh I need to hug them and I need to take care of them which is good in a sense because of course they do every child deserves that but a lot of times the older kids the teenagers they're the ones that are disregarded because they're going through a, a, a rough time trying to figure out who they are where they come from what they want to do with their lives and things like that and nobody wants to deal with it because I mean hello have you ever been a teenager before of course you have like you know what it's like where you give all kinds of attitude you don't think anybody understands you you want everyone to get the hell away from you you know like it's just that's just the way that a lot of teenagers kind of kind of are and it's even tenfold when you're put through a very traumatic experience like some of these kids had been but nonetheless we came over there and we gave away some shirts we gave away some school supplies some really awesome toys and things like that for them to play with and we were playing jump rope with them and 
oh man like I, I I couldn't believe that you know I was raised by two parents who loved me very very much in a very stable home I can very much with 100% confidence say it was a very stable home that where I always had something to eat and my parents did the best they could to give us these extra opportunities to play sports and to go to summer camp and things like that and the fact that some of these kids had never even they, they didn't even know who their parents were or you know didn't even have any close relatives or anything like that to take care of them it just it did something to me you know and I don't mean to sound like the type of person that just goes on trips like this just to like save people or whatever it's called the white savior complex if you want to know more about that where people from first world countries come to third world countries and think that they're uncivilized and they are ignorant and need all kinds of help that's not why I wanted to go on the trip in the first place but it definitely opened my eyes up to topics like that that need to be discussed way way more when it comes to taking trips like this um, but I I really started to realize that what is it that I could do within my own backyard like when I leave here when I leave here, they're probably not going to remember who I am because there's going to be like 10 more like me that show up here, give some toys away, do their good deeds and then leave. You know what I mean? So I started thinking more and more like, what is it that I could do to help people or to keep people informed about like, you know, not staying inside your own freaking little bubble? Because let me tell you something, I'm going to keep it 110 over here is COVID has shown me that there are so many people that are inconvenienced by this virus and have only scratched the surface in what it means to be to what it means to have your privileges taken away or things that you've taken for granted taken away from you when there are other people and I'm not trying to compare anybody's suffering or anything like that but I'm just trying to put it into perspective it's shown me that you guys are only sh- are, are only seeing like a smaller little percentage of what people would deal with even before this virus had even existed and I had known this from a very from a for for a very long time now because I well I was living there in 2016 I think it was so I've known this for a very long time that there are people that need our help more than anything and again because it doesn't affect it doesn't affect you directly who cares? Why, why should I even contribute anything? Or why should I even engage in the conversation? I've seen so many people on social media complain about the fact that they can't eat in a freaking restaurant or they can't go get their hair done. And I personally have been guilty of this too, where I thought like, oh, I can't go and get my hair done. Like, oh, this sucks. But I had to pull that back and realize that there are things that are so much worse going on. There are things that you can worry about that are so much more important than getting your hair done, getting your nails done, going out and doing these things. And I'm not saying that you're not allowed to complain about those things, but I think you also need to just look at the bigger picture and understand that, yeah, I can't do these things and yeah, oh, it sucks and it's horrible and I feel bad about it. But at the same time, we need to be able to recognize that, this is something that's temporary. This is something that's not going to be around forever. It's not going to dictate our lives for the like it's not going to dictate our lives. Okay? I've seen kids who I've seen kids who have lost everything. Lost their parents, lost their grandparents, lost their homes, have nowhere to go. 
and still have the biggest smile on their face are still so grateful for the life that they have because they know that there's somebody out there that cares for them like these like like these like these mothers do at the orphanage and like while I was spending time with them I I just embraced every minute of it because I knew that you know I knew that I was going to be able to go back to like a comfortable bed and you know comfortable clothes comfortable everything like a life of comfort and some of these kids you know this is all they have right I I you know I I and, and even still, as I was leaving, I got really upset and I had to take a moment because the kids didn't want me to leave. And this is exactly why I have so much respect for people who are social workers, ECEs, uh, who work directly with kids because I can't, I can't, I can't. I get way too attached to kids to the point where I want to just take them home and le- let them live with me. Like my dream in life, I, I'm going to be completely honest, my dream in life would be to have like a giant house a gigantic house just full of kids that need love and just take care of them feed them give them all the toys that they want like just just let them be happy and let them enjoy their lives like that would be the ultimate dream for me and I don't mean that in like a creepy way or anything like that because I know some people might twist it that way but I'm saying like I just I would love nothing more than to have kids all over the world just be loved and taken care of and just and protected more than anything and like this trip this 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 trip that I took not even just necessarily my 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 trip to the orphanage but just overall this trip altogether it helped me realize that that's something that I'm super super passionate about so before I sign off today I kind of just want to go over the initiative that I've been working on and I don't mean to announce this in a way that like makes me seem like I'm holier than thou or I'm a nicer person than the next person because any contribution is a good contribution. Um, remember that. I remember my dad and I were talking in the car actually recently about how some of the richest people on this earth will give thousands, millions of dollars. And that's not even like half of what they earn. And that's pretty much just tax write-offs or things that they just kind of disregard and don't really have the heart in them to give when they could give so much more. And yet you'll have some regular 9-to-5 Joe like me who makes a decent living and, you know, tries to give as much as she can as, as she's willingly able to, but does it with so much heart, you know? And it reminded me of this story that's in the Bible. I'm not trying to preach to nobody, so relax, but it's the story that Jesus talks about where there's... Um, people who are donating to the church and you'll have the rich people who have so much money so 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 much money and they give whatever's left over in uh, wh- for whatever le- whatever's left over of their riches they don't really count how much money but they know that it's a lot so they're going to get all this recognition and they're going to be like oh my gosh I'm a good person because I gave away so much money and then you have the lady who is the widow who is poor but she still was able to give as much as she could as much as she possibly could and had the heart to give something to the church i think that speaks volumes speaks unbelievable volumes about how you can contribute and how you can help people that are even just like your next door neighbor or just even somebody that genuinely needs the help i can't tell you how many people would appreciate it if you just checked up on them and said hey like we haven't spoken in a while 
we haven't spoken in a while and you know i just wanted to make sure that you were doing okay i've made that a point this year to be reaching out to people that i haven't spoken to in a while and i know it's kind of weird and it sounds like it comes off really fake and everything like that but i'm telling you out of the seven people that you reach out to i can guarantee you at least two of them are going to be so happy that you reached out to them and they're going to be like huh Wow. Like you really never know what somebody's going through. That person could have been going through the absolute worst day in their lives and you decided to message them and be like, hey, like, do you want to go and grab a coffee or do you want to like talk on the phone for a little bit and see how things are going? That could have been the highlight of their day. So something even as small as that contributing, something as small as that could make the world a better place. And I'm going to sign off like that. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it at that, guys. My contribution or my initiative right now is I'm still sending money and I'm still sending clothes all the way over to Kenya. And it's it's not that it's it's not cheap. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. It's not cheap to send all that stuff over there. But at the same time, I have the heart to go and give these things to, to communities in need because I feel in my heart that that's what I want to do. And you don't necessarily need to do that. Like, like I said, the suggestion that I made, you can go and reach out to your friend and make sure that they're doing okay, that their mental health is all right. You know, little things like this are what matter. You guys, little things, little, 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 little things. Anyways, that's it. That's all guys. I will see you guys next week. As always, black lives matter. Indigenous lives matter. Immigrant lives matter. Okay, bye.